0: Stuck.
1: I got a bad feeling about this. Let me tell you something you already know. The world ain't all sunshine and rainbows. You, me, or nobody is gonna hit as hard as life. But it ain't about how hard you hit. It's about how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward. How much you can take and keep moving forward. That's how winning is done. Yes, <laughs> Your time now, go out there and take it. Han Solo, I've been waiting for this day for a long time. Can't
2: wait. Let's Let's the time the time. Time
0: to time. This is the Bart and Han show on 98.7 ESPN. And we have the hour number three of Bart and Han, Alan Han, Bart Scott, 98.7 ESPN in New York City, 800 919 3776 is the number at Bart and Han on Twitter and Instagram as well. And joining us as we discuss week 1 of the NFL season where we got to see finally in live action what both the Giants and Jets look like. We have Chris Canty. CC joining us as well. What's up, Chris? What's up, fellas? How you doing? We're good. First of all, congratulations and welcome to the national platform as that is an upcoming you and <laughs>
1: Thank you, guys. I appreciate it. I'm going to be riding you guys' coattails here once we get started in a couple of weeks, but I'm excited about it, man. That's hey, right. Nationally,
0: we lead into, into his show, just like Michael K. in New York. This is going to be interesting.
2: If you ever need somebody to step in, you need me on the show, just go ahead and holler at your boy, even
1: though Golic Jr. looks like bull with a uh, facial hair. Come on, man. I can't have you taking shots at my new partner like that now, I, mean, Bart, I mean, Come I mean, on, we, man. You
0: just put him in that. You know, people record this. They're going to play this
1: now. If Chris laughed... How uncomfortable he got to come yeah, You out see that, with. Al, he's trying to set me up for failure, man. He, man. I thought Bart was supposed to be my guy, man. You know, <laughs> supposed you know he's to be guy. my brother. But you <laughs> know I'm a habitual line stepper. He does look like a big thing. And I, lo- from, and uh, night I night love course. it. And I love that you're a habitual <laughs> line stepper. But man, listen, we just a week into the show and you already <laughs> taking shots at my guy. I can't stand for it. I gotta have his back. <laughs> All right. No yeah, but you're always that. welcome on the show. Both of you guys, always welcome on the show. All right, fantastic. We get this started then. Let's let's talk about
0: what we saw. Chris from from the Giants I have to admit and I, I upset a lot of Giants fans yesterday and Chris you've known me a long time how long have I been on the Teddy Bridgewater bandwagon I mean I've minutes since bus. Louisville since Thank Louisville you. since
1: everybody was wondering about him wearing the two gloves during the workout all of that stuff oh, you've been tough. a huge Teddy Bridgewater fan I've been a huge fan of his and I
0: was a big fan of his comeback and everything else so I'm not thinking straight as I'm watching him cook. While I'm watching him in his moment in that athlete nirvana where the body and the mind are in the same place. And I'm watching. I'm just tweeting about just like put some respect in this man's name. And Giants fans are like, like, screw you, huh? Like it's getting all over my case. And I'm thinking, oops, that's right. They're playing the Giants. But Teddy Bridgewater looked great. But before we get to the offensive side of the ball uh, for the Giants and what we saw in that game was it Teddy Bridgewater or was there something about that Giants defense that wasn't what we saw at the end of last season?
1: Well no I think that was more of a product of Teddy Bridgewater doing his thing. Now the thing that didn't help the Giants defense was the fact that they were out there on the field for the better half of the first three quarters of the game. I mean it was a point in there where the Broncos doubled up on time of possession it was 20 minutes to 10 minutes so I mean that to me was was huge in terms of the Giants being able to, to be able to be aggressive on that side of the ball to be effective on that side of the ball and be able to produce stops so I think that was the thing that we saw late in the first half that two minute drill that Teddy Bridgewater put together mm-hmm. that ended in that uh, that Tim Patrick touchdown pass I mean I think that was a product of that Giants defense just being out on the field so long because their offense couldn't sustain drives. Well how much of that is the the lack of offense from their, from their offense
2: but how much was that? How much of that was the third down efficiency that they couldn't get off the field? They couldn't find a way to get Teddy two gloves off the field on third down as he continuously picked up a lot of third down and third and mediums, third and longs so, you know, what is it about, you know, the way that the Giants were trying to attack or being attacked that prevented them from getting off the field?
1: Well, I think Teddy Bridgewater did a great job of playing within himself, right? He was playing point guard. I mean, he was distributing the ball to all of the receivers. I mean, I think he completed balls to eight or nine different receivers. So, the fact that he was spraying the ball all around the field that gives more territory for that Giants defense to have to defend. But, I mean, when you have a veteran quarterback that has an understanding of that offense, has a feel for, you know, what it takes to be able to to, to be be effective and sustained drives you can find yourself in the position that the Giants defense found themselves in yesterday and I thought they made a statement the Denver Broncos did coming out of halftime being able to go on that 16 plays 75 yard drive and Teddy oh, Bridgewater yeah. I think was four or five on third downs on that drive and then on the mm-hmm. fourth down being able to complete that pass to the tight end in a flat four touchdown to me that was the drive that that pretty much sealed the game, and then when the Giants came back on that next drive, we all know how that ended with another Daniel Jones turnover and at the most
0: inopportune time. That's where I'm going next. You know, Daniel Jones, you watch him and you see those, you see the good things in him. You see the arm strength, you see the ability to run with the ball, and then that one time, you also see that that it just doesn't go away. And you, I mean, you watch it happen and you just go, I mean, damn, just why does it happen to this guy when you? Like, when you know this is your issue, and he's been in the league now a couple yeah, of years, it's yeah, not 200. like he's new here. Like, you just know this is your issue every time he runs with the ball. It feels like his turnovers are less the interceptions and more just the, the loses, get strip sacked or fumbles or whatever it is. When you see that happen, Chris, is that has to be. You've been on sidelines, you know this feeling. Or you might, I don't know if you do. It has to be demoralizing for the team. It has to be. That it's like the same problem comes back again to haunt them.
1: Yeah, it does, man. I mean, it takes all the momentum off of your team. Like the Giants were putting together a really good drive. It looks like they were they were kind of finding a rhythm on the offensive side of the ball, which is you know, which is something that you couldn't say for the most part up until that point throughout the game. Right. But then the fact that he fumbles the ball, I mean Allen, even after he converts and he gets the first down, like you're thinking to yourself in your head, go ahead and slide. There's no reason for you to go head first or to take on on contact. Just go ahead and slide, get down, and you got a new set of downs. You can keep the drive going. So for him to make that mistake in that moment at this stage in his career, that's unacceptable. Like I'm sorry, I, I'm 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 a big defender of Daniel Jones. I believe in the kid's ability, but you can't afford for your quarterback to make those types of mistakes in those moments. Being down 13 after the team that you're playing against comes out and has an opening drive like the Broncos did in that second half. Those types of plays what make you easy to get beat. And yesterday, Daniel Jones committed that turnover. And it's just, at this point, we have to keep asking ourselves, is this something that Daniel Jones can get fixed?
0: They can't ever get over it. 40 turnovers, 18 fumbles lost since he entered the league in 2019. Both are the most in the NFL in that time.
2: Yeah, I mean, I, listen, I understand your point, Chris. But, you know, I'm just tired of the Giants lying to me, right? I mean, because I was told that Thomas was a great left tackle. Right, I was told that Saquon Barkley mm. was generational I heard he had mutant DNA and mutant blood in, in his <laughs> veins right? he was otherworldly Gold jacket. He was touched by the hand of God. Touched by the, touched hand, by the hand of God. That's I don't know. Listen, listen. Maybe, I'm sure God can do it, but I guarantee you Moses could have probably ran for more than uh, 26 yards yesterday. I mean, he was the second leading rusher, and I'm looking at the other t- team in New York, and I'm looking at Christian McCaffrey, who's supposed to be, you know, Maybe Saquon's equal, but Saquon's supposed to be the better talent, right? Or we believe that coming in. If we were picking, we probably would have picked Saquon Barkley. He's a higher pick, you know, player. And Saquon gives me nothing. So which one is it? Is Saquon generational, otherworldly, mutant blood, or is he just a guy?
1: Well, I will say this. Yesterday, Saquon Barkley was getting touched up by that Denver Broncos defense. Mm -hmm. Now, I don't want to read too much into it because that's his first action in just under a year coming back from that ACL injury. So they're easing him in and you could clearly see that they were kind of going off of how he felt throughout the course of that game. But having an offense dependent on a lot of production from Saquon, if that was a part of Jason Garrett's game plan going into yesterday, then shame on him. The shame on it. Anything that you got from Saquon Barkley yesterday was icing on top of the cake. You needed that offense to figure out a way where they could be more productive and, quite frankly, the run game to provide you more balance to take some pressure off of Daniel Jones. And neither one of those things happened. And so when I start looking at the problems that the Giants offense has, when you start looking at the quarterback turning the ball over, the offensive line not really getting a lot of push at the point of attack... Th- those things can become problems. Now, the one thing I will say that could be a little bit of a silver lining: I thought Andrew Thomas played much better yesterday than we had seen at any point last year or at any point in the preseason. So maybe that makes you feel better. But I mean, on the flip side of that coin, you look at what happened with your right tackle spot, which was a revolving door with Nate Solder and Matt Perrett taking turns getting whooped by Von Miller. So <laughs> I mean, it, it's Von just, Miller coming it, it, off an you injury, never, yeah. you he's can, back. You, but here's the thing with the Giants, man: it's it's always one. Of those things you look at. Okay, there are some positives, but then there are just these these overwhelming negatives that you wonder how can this team find a way to work past them in order to have a, a season that's representative of what the fan base would expect. It's, short, short it's a short, short week. That's uh, short, short weeks. True. Oh, it's week. a short week. But you're talking it's about it already. Is
2: this already a must win? Is this already a must win for the Giants because they've got off Taylor so historically some of the, some of the worst starts. They've got off in the last couple of years, you know, 0-5, 0-6, 0-4, right? Is this a must-win for them? And are you pushing a panic button? Is, is it time for a team meeting? Is it time for for, for Tish and everybody to come and start addressing the team? one? But if they go 0-2 after what we've been sold, Galladay, right, Shepard, Ingram, bringing every, what I'm saying is playing all these players coming in, Adoree Jackson, all this stuff.
1: If they go Owen too, man, I mean, it's got to be panic mode. Am I tripping, Chris? Bart, you spent over $100 million in free agency on the offensive side of the ball, and you scored seven points through the first 59 minutes of the game yesterday. Yeah, I, I, I'd i say it's time to panic. And I was pushing the panic button in the preseason when I saw the way that offensive line got dominated against the Patriots. So, yeah, if you're a Giants fan, you need to be worried. And if you can't go down to Washington on the road against their backup quarterback Taylor Heineke and get a win, I mean, Giants fans, we're staring down the barrel of another double-digit loss season. Eesh. I mean, it's been Eesh. enough of those. We're talking about four consecutive so far, and they yes. might be working on a fifth. So, got I mean, you, you, should, you should absolutely be concerned from what you saw yesterday. Wow.
0: And again, for Saquon Barkley, his first action, so at least, you know, maybe just gets that put behind him, getting hit a couple of times, and yep. he have got to get better. But you mentioned Andrew Thomas, Pro Football Focus, uh, said he recorded the highest pass block grade on true pass sets for anyone in week one. So at least you do, like you said, you find some positive, that's that. How about we find some positives out of another New York team's loss, the Jets. They lose to the Panthers 19-14 to in the Sam Darnold revenge game. But let's, again, Sam was Sam. And, and I'm happy for him if he's found a home in Carolina with less pressure and obviously a great player in Christian McCaffrey. Robbie Anderson, uh, yeah. he's got targets. You <laughs> yeah. know. DJ Moore, the whole thing. Like, good for him. Great. But let's move on. Um, The obvious issues, Chris, for the Jets were not their rookie quarterback, but it's the guys trying to protect him, no doubt.
1: No question about it, Al. I mean, the offensive line allowed too many free runners at the quarterback. And I get it. There was the one sack on Hassan Reddick where Zach Wilson's got to get the ball out quicker. It's a three-step drop. He can't hold the ball. He can't keep patting it. Like, that's on the quarterback. But those five other sacks and all the quarterback hits that we saw yesterday from that Panthers defense, that offensive line has to be better. And it's not going to get any easier for that group not having Makai Becton for the next month, month and a half. So, yeah, I mean, that that, op- that offensive line is going to have to figure it out. And... and- Mike LaFleur, their offensive coordinator, is going to have to do more things to try to protect Zach Wilson. I I just thought the running game, in large part, was ineffective yesterday. I didn't think they moved the pocket enough, getting Zach Wilson out on the move enough to try to elude some of that pressure. I thought that's something that could have helped their young quarterback because we've seen how good Zach Wilson is throwing the ball on the run. But all in all, I I just felt like the, the Jets offense, the supporting cast didn't do him any favors in terms of being able to put him in position where he could have success. Now we've
2: heard about Beckton struggling. Um, yesterday I thought Fant was getting beat like a drum. I was surprised that they decided to go with him over Morgan Moses. Same. But the the thing is, it seems to me like they have the personnel for a, you know, a, a, a man scheme and they're trying to go zone scheme and these big burly heavy top heavy guys are really struggling in space because they're they're not firing off and moving people. They're trying to chase people, and they're
1: losing their advantage by turning sideways. Am I tripping? Bart, I, I I don't necessarily disagree with you, but the one thing I will say is that those offensive linemen proved you wrong in that first half when you had that fourth and one, and they got no push at the mm-hmm. point of attack. I mean, the Carolina Panthers defensive front yep. just mauled them, and I think it was Brian Burns that got in there in the backfield and stopped the running back. So, I mean, wh- while you're sitting here saying that you want more gap-blocking schemes in the run game – They haven't shown me that they're able to move guys off the ball yet, so I I don't know exactly what the answer is, but they got to come up with something different because if you allow Zach Wilson to get hit the amount of times he got hit yesterday, he's not going to make it through his rookie year. Now, I'll say this about the the quarterback. Jets fans, you got one because after watching that kid take the beating that he did in that first half and then seeing him bounce back and make plays in the second half, I want to say two of the last three drives resulted in touchdowns, that that's what you're looking for that kind of mental toughness displaying that kind of metal that's something that that, that 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 you have to feel good about, and that's certainly something that plays well in the locker room, knowing that you can take that kind of a beating at, as a quarterback and still bounce back and make plays for your team. You know what
0: worries me about that, Chris? And I love the fact that you said that because all we've heard was all the – again, going into the season, all the experts telling us, no, no, this guy's special, this guy's special, and I kept waiting for that week one performance where it's like, yeah, never mind, no, he's not special. But I, I felt the same way. But what I also worry about is I've also seen it where you have something special and you don't protect him and he just gets completely destroyed. And that's what you know you worry about. You mentioned the offensive line and the issues there. They're definitely going to have to figure it out. And he also probably has to speed some things up as well. But when you, when you do watch him, though, I felt like there were a couple of throws that I watched the rest of week one and saw some of those catches made. The Jets didn't come up with some of those catches. And I feel like, you know, I know they were, some of them were just, you know, toss ups, jump balls. But Elijah if, Moore. If you, yeah, especially Elijah Moore, the, the rookie. Um, and then there was also, I think, one to Davis as well. Corey Davis thought, had a drop yeah. Davis, yeah, he, he turned around the wrong way. I feel like there's something there. And this is only one week of what you hope to be 17. But you do feel pretty confident, though, that they at least can feel like they've got something in Zach Wilson?
1: Yeah, I I mean, the raw materials are there. They just got to make sure that they mold him into a a franchise quarterback. And a lot of that is being able to protect him properly and try to help him to slow down the game. Like, it was clear to me in the first half, he was moving just a little bit too fast. Like, the interception that he threw when he was trying to target Ryan Griffin, that's just a product of, you know, understanding the NFL knowing that you can't throw the ball that late over the cross over the middle of the field like Mm -hmm. those are the types of throws that you, you can't get away with at this level no matter how talented you are no matter how much arm strength you have so I think a part of this is just the learning curve Um, but also just making sure that the offensive coordinator um, is putting him in positions to be successful and a part of that is understanding your personnel and understanding what your guys do well and understanding what your guys don't do well and making sure that those guys don't get exposed because if that offensive line continues to get exploited the way the Panthers defensive front exploited them, then you're going to lead Zach Wilson into this pattern of making bad decisions and that's what you want to avoid. You have to be decision oriented, not necessarily results-oriented when you're trying to develop a young franchise quarterback. And I just worry, you know, some of the things that the Jets showed yesterday that they might impede the development of Zach Wilson. Well, talking about um, exposing offensive linemen, I
2: mean, Chandler Jones yesterday. I mean, for people out there that don't know, from 2015 Ooh. to 2019, the man had 52 sacks. Say it again I, for
1: the people in the back,
2: Bart. <laughs> say it again. Uh, from 2015 to 2019, the man had 52 sacks. I know last year he hurt himself and he and he got off to He only had one, which is his low season, but he only played five games. Like, talk about beating the drum. What the hell is wrong with the Tennessee Titans? Because I thought they were Super Bowl favorites. They got Julio. They got to smack him down yesterday.
1: Bart, let me tell you something, man. I, I ain't never seen an offensive lineman get whipped from the open. Uh, and to a good the one, though, whistle. too. A good one. Uh, I mean, like Taylor Lewan. And here's the thing, Bart. He actually went out of the game for a few snaps. His backup came in. Chandler Jones whooped up on him. And then Taylor Lewan came back into the game. And then the home fans down in Nashville booed the hell out of Taylor Lewan, and Chandler Jones commenced to whipping on him again. I have never seen something like that. And then to make matters worse, Taylor Lewan wants to get on social media and telling the whole world thank you to Ted Chandler Jones for exposing him and forcing him to be better. Now, boy, I ain't never seen nothing like that. I'm not sure if you've seen anything like that in your decade plus around the yeah, NFL, man. but I have never seen a guy after getting whooped like he did on national TV admit to the whooping on social media afterward. <laughs> hey, well, how about how about? Where was Vrabel protecting his left tackle?
2: Right at some point, you got to say, "Listen, man, this ain't gonna happen." I felt like I was watching O.C. go against the Giants that year, when they, they did. I mean, we're going against the Eagles, where the Eagles didn't chip, and the, and the got sick. Oh, with sacks. the backup, with the backup, talk, yeah, back, yeah. When, Winston, Winston Justice. Let's not I forget a, that name, Winston Justice. That was yeah, his name. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, can I, can I, can I get, a, can I get a leg whip? Can I get a trip, a bite, something? Can, can you do something to the man? So, listen, are we underestimating the loss of Arthur Smith as the offensive? coordinator there, and are the Tennessee Titans in trouble? Are we
1: ready to push the panic button early in the season for them? No, I'm not going to push the panic button on the Titans because they're a well-coached group, and I trust Mike Vrabel, and they've got the requisite talent that it takes to be able to figure out um, the issues that they dealt with yesterday. I'm not ready to panic on them yet. I think that game says more about the Arizona Cardinals and the NFC West as a whole. I mean, the NFC West is undefeated through week one, and all of those teams had damn impressive performance. So I just I think that speaks more to what they got brewing out there in the desert. Kyler Murray, the trigger man. I mean, that guy is like a cheat code in a video game. I just watched this one scramble that he had in that second quarter. I mean, he's just dancing around on third down and then completes a pass to DeAndre Hopkins. It's it's really unbelievable what that guy has done, what what that guy has turned himself into. And I just feel like this is more a sign of things to come in terms of that offense taking that next step under Cliff Kingsbury
0: and clicks Cliff Kingsbury by the way everybody's like well he's going to be on the hot seat that dude's too cool to be on a hot seat man well, like, there's just something about him. Well, his like, pad he's just like, is too loud. cool
2: to be on the hot seat. The whole thing, like, his whole just
0: go my lair, my lair. But uh, speaking of a guy that maybe took it a little too cool, Aaron Rodgers, man. Did you? I mean, that, the Saints-Packers game had so many layers to it, where his Jameis Winston and him coming off the gap year, and you know whether whether you say he interned for a year and really learned how to to be the a better quarterback or whatever it was, but he looked like, I mean, he looked special, and Aaron Rodgers looked ordinary. And what's up with the man bun?
1: I don't I don't know what's going on with Aaron Rodgers, the man bun or that Packers offense as a whole, but it looked awful. And I was wondering about this throughout the offseason Allen, like all the back and forth, Aaron Rodgers publicly saying that he didn't want to be with the Green Bay Packers and that he wanted to continue his career elsewhere. I was wondering whether or not that would have an adverse effect on that locker room and what we could expect from the Packers in 2021 because the quarterback position by nature is a leadership spot. And if you don't have the guy that's supposed to be your team leader, the guy that won the MVP last year, fully committed to what you guys are trying to get done this upcoming season, that, I mean, it, it makes it hard for everybody else to go all in in that locker room. And I'm, I'm thinking that we felt a little bit of that hangover in that game uh, yesterday against the Saints. Now, it remains to be seen whether or not the Packers are going to be able to figure that out, but there's no way that Green Bay, with the talent that they have on paper, should have gotten dominated by the Saints the way that they did. I mean, hmm. they didn't stop the Saints in the first half. The Saints scored on every single possession that they have in the first half, and they dominated in terms of time of possession. And Jameis Winston was making winning plays. Not necessarily flashy plays, right. but winning plays. Being able Little to scramble Barry. to extend downs. Even throwing the football away. Like, this morning I was reading Peter King's Football Morning in America, yeah. and Jameis Winston said the play that he was most proud of <laughs> yeah. yesterday was throwing the ball away on a me, wheel route. be calling me, man. On throwing a wheel the route to Alvin Kamara. be calling me. That, that was the most impressive play that he had in his own mind. So, I Don't mean, you love if that? he can play with that kind of restraint, with the weapons that they have around right. him— I mean, there's no telling what this what this Saints team can do. So I Got think the arms uh, So it's exactly. hope for
2: Daniel Jones. See, see, Chris, your code is going to start. They're going to re they're going to relaunch your code at the at the at the Giant facility. <laughs> no, man. but
0: but Chris, you, did you hear Drew Brees last night when they were showing the highlights of Jameis and Jameis had that
2: one deep ball and he goes, "Oh, is this what the Saints have been missing?" I
0: mean, <laughs> even Drew Brees saw it. He
2: made a joke of it, but he he forces you to to defend the entire field and now you have to defend the Saints vertically and they don't even have Michael Thomas. I argue to say, man, that you know. Joe Barry is going to be a name that people are going to have to learn because he's a defensive coordinator that replaced Mike Patton. Mike Patton had that defense playing with their hair on fire. They had built this team for a three-four scheme. Let's see if Joe Barry can figure it out because they may be looking for another defensive coordinator
1: if that defense continues to look like that. Yeah, it was bad. It was bad, Bart. It was bad. I mean, there was nothing. There was no redeeming qualities that the Packers had in that game yesterday. There's no silver lining. There's no positive takeaways. Nothing. Only positive is there's 16 games
0: left now instead of just 15. Maybe that's the one thing you could say. Chris, give me a pick for tonight. Bart thinks that the Raiders have no chance against the Ravens. You both are former Ravens.
1: Yeah, there's no way I'm
0: going against the Bird Gang. No nah. way.
1: No way. I got to roll with the Ravens. And I know that, I know that they're rolling out with a starting running back that ain't taking a snap in an NFL game. I hear all of that, but I ain't worried about it. They're going to figure out a way. John Harbaugh is going to have that group coached up. And the one thing I will say about the Ravens, their defense will give their offense time to figure it out early on. The last three years, they've had a top three scoring defense. Wink Martindale and company, they'll keep it a low scoring affair if they have to in order for their offense to find their identity, find their footing.
2: I just want to ask you that. I mean, because I didn't get a call. Maybe they called you. But how the hell is Mello narrating a Ravens hype video for today? That's a great question. When, when when they got me and you around, we in the business. We know how to read the jib. We know how to make it. You know what I mean? Carmelo, I'm really? a lawyer.
1: That's that's a great question, Bart. I, I don't I don't know how that's possible, but I mean, it is it oh, is Mello though. Okay, it be is Mello. Oh, Baltimore guy since when? It is mellow.
2: He Ain't got no DNA in that in that soil over there. Me and Chris would have did a much better job narrating. Melo, send me some shoes. Country. <laughs> exactly. <Yeah. laughs>
0: well, controversy already. Well, at least Chris is a Lakers fan, so he's happy about Melo. You don't have a problem with Melo these days, but... CC, always great to catch up with you, man. Great (laughs) stuff, as always. This is going to be a regular thing on our show. I'm looking forward to it.
1: Absolutely. I just need Bart to stop talking crazy about my partner. Other than that, we all good. Tell tell Bull I said what's up. (laughs) Just know I'm not involved in any of this. All right, Bart. I'm telling you. I'm going to let him know about it. There's going to be some smoke coming your way. I'm just saying. (laughs) Show beef
0: already. All right, Chris. Thanks, man. Later on, fellas. This is 98.7. ESPN. Do the Jets have a quarterback? Do the Giants have a quarterback issue? That is the question we're asking after just, of course, week one. But it's an overreaction Monday as it as it normally is. But I'll tell you what, what you're not overreacting to, though, is something that Chris Candy mentioned to us earlier, though, and that is the injuries that they sustained coming out of this game. You've got a couple of them. Mekhi yeah. Becton being one, and that's, you know, again, you're talking about no joke. That's no joke. I mean, four six weekend. weeks— He's got to get surgery. You have to feel happy, like that. That's all it is, right? You, His you, damaged cartilage that he suffered in the game. When he was carted off, and he was in tears. And you thought catastrophic, smells, like you it, thought it, season it. over. The fact that they think he could, you know, be sidelined just up to four to six weeks, so a month, month and a
2: half. Yeah to clean up whatever happened in there. Well, so what happened is the kneecap popped out and it oh, damaged God. some cartilage on the way in, oh. but it, it, it went in and went back out. It's not like they had to reset it. Okay. You know, um, kind of the same thing that what happened to Fitz tragic. You know what I mean? They say supplication. Uh, that means it came in, went back in, but you know, on the way out, it could have damaged and chipped off a little cartilage. So they go in there, you know, arthroscopically, arthroscopically and they clip off whatever, right. you know, lose memory and suck the rest of them out. And then it's all about getting the swelling down And then he has to try What I worry about with Makai is him staying underweight. Yeah. You know, you worry about like, and you think about a month for a player that walks around in shape, supposedly at 370, you know, two weeks, like him gaining and and losing 10 to 15 to 20 pounds can happen in in two weeks of eating bad. So he's going to have to be a professional. He's important and vital to their success He's going to have to be a pro. He's going to have to do what he had to do, has to do, whether it's in the um, underwater treadmill mm-hmm. or it's walking, his low impact stuff. But he's got to make sure that he keeps the calories down and make a bigger commitment to what he puts in his stomach because he's not going to be burning the same calories at practice anymore.
0: And on defense, they lose Lamarcus Joyner, yeah. uh, the D back. Uh, remember, he had that, that elbow just went the wrong way, man. You yeah. just saw that, too. There's another gruesome one. Uh, I guess it's being called a torn tendon. Yeah, going to so need surgery, now. and yeah, he's pretty much out for the season. Yeah, it's out so. for the
2: year. So Austin Davis, let's see. You know, He's a guy that was really sold uh, you know, as somebody that was going to be a future guy that was going to replace Jamal Adams, and it was going to be, remember, supposed to be May and him, and you know, this new regime didn't see it in that same light. Let's see if he can step up and see if he can start trying to carry some of the load, as I believe he's on the public list early on. Let's see who's the next guy that steps up because, listen, the Patriots are going to see what – happen with uh, Robbie Anderson running free up the seams. They may not use a guy like Robbie Anderson to do that, but they'll use, you know, maybe one of those tight ends up the seams to see if they can get those safeties in the same in the same predicament and see if they made the corrections on a week where it's going to be an emotional week because the Patriots opening in a new stadium. You can't. You have to block out that type of noise and say stay disciplined and stay tuned in to the gameplay.
0: So what did you so we talked with Chris Candy about, you know, what we saw week one, and you know, because we were with Chris, we let Chris do really most of the talking, but what did you see in Zach Wilson? What what do your eyes tell you about what the Jets have? Because you did you know, obviously you did pre impose for yeah. SNY, so you were really locked into that game more than anything. What do you see in Zach Wilson? And is it the same as Sam Darnold after one week? Is that you think there's something there? Let's see more, or is there a difference in your eyes?
2: Well, you see slightly um, better. Um, especially when they're both on the field together, You just see the arm talent is a little bit better for Zach Wilson, right? You see the ability to really put the ball in tight areas, how fast the ball flies off his hands, how quickly it gets down the field until his targets. Now you would hope that, you know, when you have a young quarterback, you would have your skilled position player say, hey, we got to make a play for him, right? Because not all things are going to be perfect because he's, you know, fighting and scrambling with interior pressure, getting off balance, trying to throw off platform. You know, I thought that, You know uh, Corey Davis, and I thought that Elijah Moore kind of hurt. You know, you know, hurt him a little bit by not making big plays for him. And yeah, were they difficult throws or difficult catches? Yes, but that's what you expect from Elijah Moore, who was really the talk of all of all all of training camp. And Corey Davis, who has said that he's a one. Now he had a good performance, but you just want to see him make you know game-changing plays. And he let a couple. He left a couple there that I know he would want to have. Yeah, back. one
0: that hit his hands, and you could see the face he made too. When the one that hit his hands, but uh, you know, Mims did make a, a what was a really nice catch down. The, I can't believe they hardly saw
2: him. Yeah, and listen, that's been that's been a narrative the entire camp that Mims is behind. I know he got food poisoning, lost twelve pounds. Yeah, but even before that, they were saying that hey. He he's not getting a lot of time. He's struggling with the system. You know, I just know that he's a good football player. I believe he's just as good as Chase Claypool. But sometimes when you have people that come in on the floor with systems, like sometimes you have to design your system around the personnel that you have. I know he's not some type of yak guy. He's not a guy that's real twitchy. He's a guy that can get on top of you just like Robbie Anderson. Just like Chase Claypool, he's not a guy that's going to beat you with his quickness off the line and run, you know, bubble screens and reverses. He's a guy that's going to get on top of you. And his advantage is the fact that he's 6'2", mm-hmm. and he's 215, and he runs a sub 4'3", and he can get open with his catch radius, which is a lot bigger. So you got to be able to give him opportunities. I thought last year he showed a lot. And I think he needs to get more involved in the offense, especially when you don't have right, Jameson Crowder.
0: But you didn't answer me. Do the Jets have something in Zach Wilson? Yes. Is it it better or the same than Sam Darnold? Like, what am I? What What should I believe? Like, I'm I'm watching Zach Wilson and I watch Sam, and I know Sam had a good game for Carolina. I was happy for him, but I remember watching Sam when he first started with the Jets, and I thought, all right, it's it's pretty good. But Zach Wilson and some of the throws and some of his the way he moved, like Keyshawn always says, it just looks right. And I I I take that from Key. Like it just looks right. I watched that kid and I thought. Especially. He just looks right. Now, I worry like hell that he's going to get his head... Because he's little. You know, he's little. Clock cleaned. Because he's little. He looks, yeah. like, he
2: looks like a little baby, right? He looks like a you know, you know, like, uh, baby boss know, like baby boss. looks like a high that. school kid. Yeah, exactly, right? So you worry about that, the little um, Jim McMahon bandana and all that stuff. He looks like a young guy. They have to do a better job in establishing the run. This system was all predicated on ability for guys a like Mostert, for guys like... Um, you know the, the guys that we we never heard of to be able to to run the ball effectively because they have that one cut system get to the get to the to the numbers and make a decision we didn't see that. You know, I, I worry about this offensive line struggling with this new type of scheme because yeah. when I think about big, massive guys like Moses and big guys like Beckton, I know they want to fire off on the ball. They want to keep their shoulders square. They want to get downhill. They don't want to be running sideways where people can hit them in their temples and tip them over because they're not facing what they're hitting.
0: Yeah, no, the line was the biggest problem of the they day. The biggest lining, concern, man. Yeah, it was, was not good, that's the why they couldn't run. I mean, Michael Carter. I mean, they were really expecting a lot out of him. Nothing, mainly yeah. because again, it just felt like the line was the biggest issue. And well, I'll tell you what, for both New York teams, that has always been the story. Is the line? Although for the Giants, that wasn't the major issue. For the Giants, it was Daniel Jones turned it over. It was Saquon Barkley not being special and they just really that 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 Denver defense just got got after him no doubt about it this is 98.7 ESPN hey uh, guess what the yankees aren't doing bart hello they're not winning yes not winning as they're playing the twins in a makeup game this afternoon Oh uh, right throw now! In the throw in the damn towel! They gave up four runs in the first. <laughs> throw in the inning. Two two run home runs. Yay! Do you even
2: do you, so you even want fun. do you even want them to recover? Because if they recover, if of, they recover, then they they're doomed to maybe re- repeat their mistakes and not really have to own up to what they haven't done and what they did in building this roster.
0: I tell you what, the one thing that they've already did, they announced today before the game that Glaver Torres would be moving from short
2: to second. I thought he was Tatis, and, and it's. Stop it! I thought. Well, listen, when I got here, and you I know first what he started doing radio. Lacks give
0: a damn. That's what he lacks. I, he, and, he and Gary have the same that whatever that is that sort of cruise control. I, I just I live off my talent kind the, of
2: thing. Cano, Cano, Cano had it too, but he put up numbers.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. He could get away with it for the most part. So are you done? With, are, you, are, you, are
2: you done with Labor Torres? Oh, I'm done. Like, Look, Trevor
0: Story, come on down. Hmm. I'm done. I'm, I am. I am done. Done. I, the, this team is lacking a heartbeat. That you you just you people always say oh you can't go back to the glory day don't keep going back to those teams yeah. oh no I'm doing that because I always like to learn from history mm-hmm. and you your and championship teams are built. Right when you have character guys as your core. Yeah. That's what you do. They set a tone and everybody understands. Like your teams when you were re- with Rex. You guys had that core. You had a bunch of vets and they kind of set the tone, right? And once all those guys we lost all you guys, yeah. it all fell apart. And, you couldn't replicate it by bringing in other people. It Couldn't do it. Yeah. Giants, same thing. When that Giants Super Bowl run, then when they got old, Tuck and they OC. tried to yeah, they tried to bring in other people, it didn't and work. Trail roll. Didn't work. So I'm just telling you with the Yankees, that is what are they missing? It's really not as much talent as it is character. And it's a matter of just – you could just tell this team is just lacking some type so of and true goes? leadership. who
2: stays and goes? Who's the, who's the core that gets to stay? I wish I knew. Maybe
0: Brian Cashman will know. Mm. Maybe he should know.
2: That's why you should listen but to we the Michael always K. K. show. You should listen to the oh, Michael K. You show.
0: You and that's coming up in a few minutes here. But, but again, you you, you should – like, it's always going to be, oh, fire the manager, fire the GM. Well, maybe it's just like the – maybe the couple of core players that you you kind of what. – all right, they're young guys. Let's build with them. Give them yep. a couple years. Now it's time. Yeah. It's like it's time. A couple of
2: these dudes, it's time. That, that Gary is scary. It's time to get rid of him. It's time to get rid of Glaber Day. I mean, I'm
0: sorry. The Yankee history is littered with gritty, hard-nosed, tough, tone-setting catchers. Yeah. He is not one. He's cracking. Right. Getting,
2: getting rid of Aaron, Aaron Hicks, too? T- had
0: enough of him? Well, I mean, again, there's certain people you're stuck with at this point, right? Like, I can't get stay healthy. But still, it's now 5 nothing. by the way, in the top of the third. Meanwhile, the Mets... <laughs> exactly. But the Mets take two out of three from the Yankees, and they now move forward. They've got the Cardinals for three, then they got the Phillies, Red Sox. You know, again the the Brewers, Marlins, and then Braves. Like, what did you see out of the Mets in this little? I don't know. Was it a fracas? What would you huh. call that little back and forth with Lindor and Stanton? Yeah, and all that? yeah it was like they when the legion. little dude. It was like when the little move.
2: dude. Yeah, it was like when the little dude step up to the big dude, and the closer the little dude get, the bigger he see that this dude is. He's like, you know what? Yeah, yeah, stay back. Yeah, you lucky, you, you lucky.
0: <laughs> My favorite part was when Gardner did the double thumbs down. Yeah, and then he points to you. Hate your fans. <laughs> like, what are you talking about? Like, like that was fun. Like you know, those guys all know each other. I mean, they're, they're yeah. in the city together. They kind of know each other. I don't think it's true beef. Yeah, but it was still. At but least you showed. At least there was a little chi- bit. It gets chippy. It gets. chippy. I like that Stanton actually like stood up. Like wasn't going to let them. Yeah, but, then, do, but, let, but Lindor but then, do what he was doing. But, but Lindor, somebody had. To but then
2: Lindor. One up him. yeah, yeah. got
0: to admit. See ya. Him hitting that third home run. See ya. I got to admit. So, so really, we're. Really I, I started got, laughing. It's, it's like that. the like, offense. Okay. It,
2: it, it, the offenses got woken up. The bats got got woken up on both sides, right? Because pitching wasn't great. Right? You know, you talk about the scores in this game, but I think it was entertaining. It's about as entertaining as it can be for two teams that have underachieved that are fighting for, for a wild card opportunity. It was good. You know, it was worth watching. Right, and We understood what this weekend represented you know, and what these two teams represented for the healing process during this time. It was just good to see it get chippy, man, because you know what? When it gets chippy, that means you actually care.
0: Yeah, it's nice to see that somebody does care, and that's why I said about Stan. Stan has always been sort of this guy that has been a bit aloof at times. Yeah, but that that felt like at least somebody was standing up, somebody was saying something. Like, no, don't talk, John, at our dugout, like it all. That. And anybody that says that that was cheating. That stuff's been going that now nobody's hitting a garbage can nobody's taking video Well if you, if can, whistle, if you can whistle pinchers, live, if you can whistle loud if you can so whistle live, have to oh, hit a sorry, whistle loud you'll the damn garbage can
2: Listen if come you, on who if are you your Andy Pinscher, Griffin You're Andy Griffin out there nobody hey, told you to whistle tell you, you got whistle clean it up. to yourself
0: tell you got to clean it up you, got, in, you guys you guys, you guys, making it obvious and we were smacking him around it's once it's once, it's once, it's once told him it's immoral Oh it's not immoral
2: give me a' break. that's right on the fence. Whistling like is it, that's this no, that's that's on the fence. What? Get out of here. If your guy is tipping and I know what he's throwing,
0: I'm telling my i I'm letting him know.
2: Yeah, exactly. Oh, so they couldn't win
0: without cheating. Stop it. So you gotta clean it up. Mm. You know what? You know what the concern is? Is that this series, Yankees Mets, might have been the most important series these two teams will play the rest of the season. That's it. That hurts. Like this was it. This was there the big our hope. There last our hope. night was the most intense. Fun. Like
2: that, I'll tell you what. No, City but, Field was great. Yes. Like the building was great. New York fans has, were listen, awesome. New York has two of everything, right? Two football three team, hockey teams. Two, yeah, all that stuff, right? Yeah. Can we get at least one of them to be, like, good so we can at least have you, good? You do understand. So NBA we have, season's so coming, we have right? good, But I want to have you good understand. sports. Like, yes, but I want baseball to hand it off to football, to hand it off to basketball. Yeah. And right now, we offer for football. Right now, like, both of our baseball teams aren't doing well. Yeah. And we put all our faith in the Brooklyn Nets, who people around here don't even like. <laughs> <laughs> they give tickets away. Nobody shows up. They got some of the most talented basketball teams sure. but it's something about how people hate Brooklyn or they don't care about Brooklyn and we know that the Knicks are going to have a step back with Kimba they can be a better team but everybody else in the conference is better as well so then they can be worse record wise but still so well, come on somebody help us out I'm to- trying to win a book damn it to win a book I need people to give a damn about the teams
0: you said that it was funny though. Show huh?
2: up. The Nets are a championship
0: contender. You're like, but nobody likes them. No, I right. don't know if that's true. Well, okay, listen. Okay, le- What's
2: well, a legit? That's probably one of the
0: most well, talented it, it, teams it,
1: we've had in New York in J- a long okay. time. And is
2: James Harden gonna be out there twerking to sell tickets to give tickets away? They couldn't give tickets away to a playoff game. Well, uh, both teams people are like hey. Here's I just want a, both teams here, to be good. Here's some free tickets. Uh be good for game. The game is free. Ah oh, man, I gotta do laundry tonight. People are like turning down tickets. James Harden is basically out there saying, hey, come take a picture with me before the game, hang out with me and little baby, little, like, no, little baby, set. yeah little baby, big baby, whoever you got caught with in Paris with the cocoa, cocoa leaf or whatever the hell they were smoking. Um, Come on, man. Help us out. New York well, team, stand up, man. I ain't trying to be canceled already. by November.
0: But it's getting late to be early for the baseball team.
2: This is 98.7 ESPN.